I'm here today with Jason Collier at VMware Explorer 2022. It's end of the official day number one. We're here to talk about the new VMware Explorer show and their announcements. So Jason, you're an exhibitor kind of guy at the, at the show. What do you think about the show and how do you feel about what's going on? The, uh, well, it's good to be back live, I can tell you that. It's, uh, what, last 2019 was the last time we actually had a live show. Absolutely. Um, See, seeing all the people here has been has been fantastic. I, I, I really like getting those one-to-one -one interactions with uh, basically different uh, customers, partners, and other people just in the industry. A lot better it's, than the Zoom stuff. Oh man. man, I tell you what, and this is like, and this is the first time we've actually done one of these being face-to-face -face as well. So yeah, exactly. Well, it, well, it's been like five years since well, last. Well, yeah, I know. Well, it's the first time in a while, right? Yeah, exactly. Might as well count exactly, it new. Exactly. <laughs> So what do you think of the floor and stuff like that? I mean, the facilities seem like they're they're fairly nice and stuff. Have they upgraded yeah. the Moscone Hall and stuff like that? They, they did. I, I remember because in 2019, this is the first time I think I've been back to, to San Francisco since 2019. Yeah, me and, too. Uh, yeah, they have put a lot of work into it. One of the Salesforce Tower has done too, right? right and that's right. a that's quite a grand uh, grand uh, uh, right. piece of architecture there. A lot there. of building in the area and yeah, stuff Yeah, and then like they that. got that elevated park and all that stuff. But then the Moscone itself, I mean, it was getting a, it's getting a facelift for, which is why they kept having the Doing VMworlds in Las Vegas. In, and in stuff Vegas. Like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. So um, it was after that, we actually had one show here and then kind of things shut down because of the COVID yep, and stuff like that. Yeah, and so. you know, and honestly, it gave them time to, you know, finish a lot of the work here. But I really like the, you know, kind of the way they got it done. Internally, it's actually, it feels like kind of the same though. The layouts yeah. and all that stuff, but it does feel does feel a little bit bigger. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Well, it's you know the, the old shows were significantly bigger. I mean, twenty five thousand plus yeah, people. I'm yeah. not sure what the numbers are. I heard ten thousand today, but I don't know if that's a realistic number or not. But I, I've heard I've heard numbers all the way from six to nine. So six to nine thousand. So somewhere yeah. in that range and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of big announcements at the show. I mean, uh, the whole vSphere eight kind of thing with Project uh, Monterey started rolling out. So yeah. what's the story on Monterey, Jason? So yeah, Project Monterey. So. Um, uh, Project Monterey is very interesting, and it, it's basically it's really integrating the DPUs into the uh, basically into the equation, right? And uh, they're effectively it's just another compute entity in, it, in well, the it network. Is, yeah, when you think about it, so this is basically putting a DPU, a smart NIC, in into uh, into the chassis, and there's a lot of things that can be offloaded to that. And I think the primary, you know, the primary goal of Monterey is to get kind of some of the NSX functionality. You know, out to the DPU yeah. where you can actually route the right traffic to the right, you know, right machine within a VMware cluster. Yeah, yeah. But in and, order to do, in order to put NSX out, out, out on this uh, smart NIC stuff like that, you got to have VSX running. You got to have all sorts of vSphere yeah. functionality sitting, yeah. sitting out there on this DPU. So yeah, and it's it, a whole new world. It's it a whole is, new wild it's west. A whole, it's a whole new wild west. And the interesting thing, <laughs> whole new wild west. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the. Uh, one of the one of the interesting things about how this is architected, it's a drastic, you know, it's a drastic change from the way data center's been doing it, but it's a lot more like how cloud has been doing it. When you dissect AWS and you look at the AWS Nitro architecture, guess what? It's primarily the DPUs that are effectively running it. You got that Nitro card that's serving as root of trust and a smart NIC that's that's intelligently directing so this that traffic. Been running out in there. the cloud all along? Oh yeah. So this is like when you look at what this is and what Project Monterey really is, it's trying to bring to the data center what has been running in AWS for the last few years. No way. Yep. I thought it was just a smart NIC. 
encryption nope. and all that stuff out for it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's going to go through a variety of iterations, and I think this is where you're going to see some fundamental data center change so in what, the next three to five years. So what DPUs are actually going to be supported? The uh, So out of the gate, uh, the AMD Pensando NIC is supported, and then the NVIDIA Bluefield uh, is supported. All right, so there are, there are other ones that are currently in process and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, there's, they're there's a couple there more. Yeah, it's just uh, those are the two that are certified at launch, so. Yeah. So when did AMD buy Pensano? It's got relatively new, right? It is relatively new. It was, um, so the, de the deal's been, you know, uh, go going on for, for a period of time, which I cannot necessarily disclose, but uh, <laughs> I may have been, you know, involved in, <laughs> in, in, in the uh, early on discussions there, but I believe we ended up closing, I think it was, I think it was in May uh, when it actually uh, fully I fully think closed. I think sitting on the back end of some storage arrays and stuff like that. It's not like it's it's being used a lot of places, but it's not really very visible. You know? It's it's not very visible. I mean, you know, Pinsando in general, they have had very good uh, traction in um, uh, basically in in cloud, yeah. uh, basically cloud, a lot of cloud too, providers, right? right? And uh, so they, like I said, they've added that DPU functionality. And one of the real interesting things they've got. The way it's all coded, they got this whole P4 engine uh, technology. So, and the interesting thing about Pensando and Pensando's heritage is effectively oh. it was the crew that you know Chambers always spun out at Cisco, MPLS. Really? Right? No way. You got Mario, Prim, okay. Luca, and Sony. Okay. All right, <laughs> so, uh, we got to get back to vSphere here. Yeah. <laughs> so, the other thing that came out with vSphere 8 was uh, ESX. EXI concurrent updates. So these sorts of things can now take place a lot quicker, you know, when they upgrade ESXi and stuff right. like that. And one of the things they mentioned is they could do an upgrade out on the DPU of ESXi, which is running there in order to run NSX out there yeah. and stuff like that. So I think that's that's, kinda, that's kinda, big when it comes down to when you're talking oh about God. serviceability. I thought of, they had it all along. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you that the that the the times that I have done it, you know, on on basically six and seven, oh it's uh, it, yeah, it works, right? Yeah. And, and it works. It goes through. It does its thing. Um, and, and the reality is, I think they put more polish on it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And then also, you know, really adding the ability. Well, one having the DPU in there. So now you've got, you know, here's another, you know, kind of a supported processor that you gotta gotta roll into that. It's and a whole different compute world. It is. And it's you know, great. trying to do those things, doing those things in a non-disruptive fashion is tough. I mean, you know, you know, kind of my heritage and background from what where, where I scale, came from is scale, guys, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not you know, easy. one of the big things. I mean, we had I think we had five patents alone wrapped up in our upgrade system that was a that for doing like rolling upgrades. It's it's an exceptionally complex task when you look at how many moving parts there are, there right? Are, it's like it all it's like properly and all it's stuff. like trying to change the oil in the car while it's going 70 mile an hour down <laughs> down the road, right? All right, maybe 35. <laughs> whatever. Well, I the think that's, that's still... what the update was. The update made it they could go faster down the yeah, road, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the other thing that came out with vSphere 8, and there's probably a half a dozen other things, but it was uh, API implementation. So they're doing a lot more cloud-like API functionality. So you wanted to access vSphere functionality, you know, vCenter, or yeah. you'd set up some sort of a VHA or something like that. Nowadays, they're starting to use, uh, they're starting to drive it through API. So I, I think that's a really smart move because, I mean, if you're wanting to tie more into the DevOps and how the cloud world works, right? It's all API it's driven. It's all API now. driven, right? So when you think about, you know, kind of what we were talking about earlier about how, you know, bringing these, you know, Pensando, bringing the smart NICs in, things like that, and making the data center look more cloud-like. Right, right. It, it's, it's kind of a it's, natural it's, it's evolution to basically push it, push it to be API-driven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
The other big story was vSAN 8. vSAN 8 comes along, apparently it's got a faster data path. So they've, they've sped up all their I.O. And you know, they talked about uh, some of the op applications running 20% faster and stuff like that. Yeah. They moved to uh, faster snapshots too. I mean, it's a, to a large extent, snapshots used to be a, a sort of a weak point. Thank goodness, because, <laughs> because, because I've dealt extensively uh, with snapshots. I've been working on working on a project at AMD where we got this our VMware architecture migration tool, right, where you right, can right. move from one architecture. But snapshotting yeah, yeah. are a part of what we do in this cold yeah. migration process, getting it over. And you know, even even on seven, one of the things I do is like so I'm doing testing on it, right? And the snapshots keep, they're, they're building up, they're building up, they're building up, and it gets to the point where I start getting errant failures. Why is it? And then I'm like, oh, snapshot timeout. And I'm like, <laughs> so, so faster so it's, snapshots are a good thing. Faster snapshots are a great thing. Yeah. And uh, the, because, uh, I mean, it, it, it has been a real pain having to go through. And, uh, I mean, we've got to purge them out, right? When we're doing testing, I mean, one of the, one of the parts of the test script that we have going is, is to basically remove all the snapshots. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. The other thing they went to is a single tier model, whereas the old vSAN had totally caching uh, SSDs and right. back end was disk. Now they're moving to a single tier, so there's really only one storage tier, one storage pool that, uh, you know, to some extent, I guess that helps the, the faster uh, faster path to the through the IO and stuff like that. Well, I, you know, I bet that's predominantly driven too by when you look at basically the server market and what people are selling out there. I mean, it's going to be NVMe, and if it's not NVMe based flash, it's going to be, you know, SAS it's going to be a SAS, SAS based. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be pretty so damn fast. It's going to be pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, the reality of the market, God to say, and the vast guys were pushing this like two years ago. Yeah. Disk is dead. Flash is here. Live on yeah. flash. They're wrong, of course. But <laughs> they you know, we wouldn't have this yeah. discussion. Yeah, well, tape is dead. Mainframe's yeah, yeah, dead, right? Yeah, all oh, except stuff. they still all like multi-billion-dollar businesses. Exactly, and it still lives. But the fact is, yeah. flash is here. It's enterprise ready. It's fast as hell. It's got it's got the capacity. If anything, capacity's yeah. going up. I mean, and you've got basically these all like all these all NVMe chassis. I mean, reality is you don't need two tiers, right? Right, right. Just just let it roll. And uh, it will be interesting to see how they they work that you know in the future. I mean, as, as these, and this is where I think too, where you start to get those more disaggregated style data center architectures with the DPUs and all that stuff. Getting more intelligent routing to different storage tiers, kind of at the edge of, of where the where network it, where computer it is happening. And shared and yeah, stuff like that. and talking about data locality. This is going to make something where you know these real. We've been talking about data locality pieces for a long time, but this is going to make that more of a kind of an application-driven thing, especially why the, when you're looking at the API interfaces. Right, too, right, right, right. right so. Right. It's going to be interesting to see how all that goes. It seems that it's interesting to see vSphere and vSAN put both of them upping their game in this, you know, faster, yeah. more API-driven, more, more new technology and stuff like that. The whole DPUs, which is like you say, is a more cloud-like right. solution yeah. to some extent. The other thing that came out was uh, a new device support. I'm assuming that's the NVMe sorts of uh, Optane, non-Optane kinds of devices and stuff probably, like that. Probably not too much Optane support out there anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, uh, I think they have Optane support already in there, right? Yeah, Which is yeah. okay, yeah. These things happen. We'll talk flash memory sometime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the other thing that uh, they announced was a couple of cloud solutions, the CloudFlex storage and CloudFlex compute. My understanding of CloudFlex storage is it's uh, it's got two aspects. One is this, uh, it's a NetApp FSX ONTAP 
you know, uh -huh. it's available on AWS, and now you can actually plug it into vSphere and vSAN and all this stuff, and you can have that sort of storage rather than having normal vSAN storage for VCF cloud functionality and stuff. So like you can that. use it basically as kind of a like a, a an attached cloud data store. Is that what yeah, it's for? Yeah, like a yeah, kind yeah, of a cloud yeah, it was tier. Before you know, if you wanted to bump up vSAN storage, you had to put more oh, devices more on. Too, you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you had to you had to configure more storage on each one of the servers, and you know you were sort of you know you were consuming a lot new of infrastructure. Whereas with ONTAP, NFS, or FSX and stuff yeah. like that. You can kind of just tack. You can tack on. Okay, tack, 100 tack on, gig or 10 yeah. terabytes or whatever the number is. It's sort of a. It's, it's it gives it more of a utility consumption model, right? It is a utility consumption yeah. model kind of thing. But now it's it's file services and stuff like that. So and there's another part of this which is, um, it's almost like they have the same sort of thing only internally. It's not using ONTAP, but it's like a file service that they can they can grow or shrink at a at a consumptive mm. level kind of thing rather than having to configure an instance with more storage and all this other stuff. So, so you have now from a VCF perspective, and you might have three or four options, but one is vSAN, one is CloudFlex storage, and one is uh, NS, you know, this NetApp FSX stuff. Yeah. So that's great. The other thing they mentioned was CloudFlex Compute, which again is more a it's consumptive. Like, yeah, you think it's almost like kind of that. They've always talked about like cloud bursting, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. where it, it's interesting. I was actually talking to uh, uh, some folks. It was a video game, uh, video game producer that has a very large online MMO presence and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. And you know, I was talking to them about how their data center architecture looks, and you know, they had their, their they had their cloud stuff that they had built out in their data centers, running their. So, and I think they were do, using Kubernetes and stuff like that to to basically scale it out, but then, you know, there's a limited amount of capacity that they've got in these pods, and one of the things they built into it was the ability to cloud burst out into like like an AWS or, or, or Google yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Azure. Uh, so they built it where they could do this multi-cloud bursting. This seems like this is kind of a, you know, a, a, a way of VMware to get into that similar market where you can offer that to the data center. Yeah, and right? it's also another one of these, uh, it's more cloud-like. So it provides a more subscription model to the compute rather than having to buy an IC, you know, EC2 instance or yeah, something yeah. like that. I need a little more compute in this space. I just fire up, I just turn on some functionality that says, okay, you've got more compute. I don't know if that includes GPUs and DPUs compute, but I, I, I imagine this yeah. is all CPU at the start. I, yeah. yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind, you know, digging into a little bit more of the details on that one later down the road because um, that seems to me, if you get the provisioning model right for it, where if it's like dynamically, like almost like a DRS, where it's moving, you know, VMs back and forth, and it decides, hey, DRS, it's like it's, if it decides it to like move it up to the cloud. It seems like it's moving the VMs as much as it's moving the compute, but I haven't quite figured out how they're doing this. Yeah. This would be worth digging into. We may have to do a little research on this, right? Got to be an AMD solution or something. Yeah. <laughs> I just thinking, you know, I'm, you know, I'm on the side here. All right, the other big mention was uh, Aria, which is a brand new rebranding effort of, of vRealize and Cloud Health and a couple other things, and they got a whole new. Um, so with underlying Aria, which is apparently their new management framework, multi-cloud and stuff like that, so you can have one control plane effectively for wherever things runs, wherever it goes, whether it's VCF or Tanzu or whatever. Uh, but they've got this thing called Aria Graph, which is, yeah, it's some sort of internal <laughs> mechanism that graphs all the nodes of your network, all the nodes, whether they're sitting on the cloud, whether they're sitting over here in the, in the back end, whether they're sitting on the truck or whatever. Uh -huh. So they've got this, you know, so they know where all the nodes are, they know how they're all connected. 
And now they can just traverse this thing to sort of understand what's going on and, and what's related to what. And uh, so they've got like three functions that are built on top of this. Probably they got more layers, but the end is like they've got area cost, which is going to give you visibility and uh, you know budgeting kinds of things for wherever you're running that workload. You got area operations, which provides sort of that single pane of glass for all those nodes running wherever they are, right? <laughs> And you got uh, ARIA operations. I guess it's V-Realize Ops kind of thing. Right. It provides some functionality and stuff like that. But it's all built on top of Area Graph. They got this thing called Area Guardrails, which sits there uh, across all these things that provides sort of a... Put like barriers around. Boundary what, conditions yeah, yeah, for right. what you can and can't do and you know and stuff like that. And they've got Area Migration, which apparently does some migration of workloads. You were mentioning some AMD tool that you, you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, and, and so uh, this AMD tool, it's a, we call it our VMware Architecture Migration Tool, Vamped. Um, and what it uh, what it does is... Did you say Vampire? Vamped, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. VAMT. <laughs> and uh, uh, really what it does is uh, you can effectively... And we open source this too, by the way. So it's an open source tool. You can go out on GitHub and, and get it. It's actually on, on VMware's uh, sample repo. No way. But what it does, it just allows you to easily migrate from one uh, one CPU architecture to another. And in doing that, it's uh, it, it doesn't be a cold migration because you can't live migrate between between different different architecture platforms. And it will actually check to see the VM tools is running on on Even a VM. The computers are all x86 compatible and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah right. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> the, I gotcha. Uh, um, but it, it'll like basically check the VM tools is running on on a VM. You give it like here's this list of VMs. Um, so it'll go through. It'll shut it down. It'll take a snapshot of it. It'll uh, basically migrate it, and it'll do either. If you want to migrate the storage, you can do that. You kind of define what storage pool you want it in. Or if it's on shared storage, you can leave it there and just move the compute piece. It'll fire that machine back up. It'll go through, do validation and testing on that to, to verify that it's good, and then it continues on to the next one. Now, some of the things we've got, you can put a change window in. So we've got full change window support, so you can have it scheduled after hours. So, so if you want to do so many, or, uh, want to move like 100 hours. machines or yeah. something, yeah, yeah. and and you go through, you can kick it off, you can say how long you want that change window to be, right? It's got, there's a full audit tracking in it, there's full rollback in it. Um, and like I said, we've got a lot of validation tools wrapped around it. Uh, I went through, I've done a lot of testing and on shared storage, um, you know, it can do about 100 VMs in about 20 minutes. That's not so bad. it's not bad, right? And, and as with vSAN 7 and, and the old snapshots, yeah, yeah. right? I yeah, mean, yeah. So that's what might that be better with the It might one. be. We're gonna have to go after, gonna have to try it out. <laughs> and uh, the uh, but yeah, and it's it's open source tool. It, it's out on GitHub, and you can basically download it. And uh, yeah, it's just a big like 2,600 lines worth of PowerShell uh, right. kind of out there to do it. But there's actually a lot of it. We put a lot of put a lot of thought into the design of it though yeah. and there's a lot of things like there's audit tracking uh, where you know we're putting basically tags so you can see what happened uh, in there and yeah. I just moved my website from one side to another I needed a sort of thing for this move. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's good well, it you know, yeah. could be a nightmare right yeah, I, know, I know and and one of the things you know when you if you're moving 10 machines you know it's not bad doing doing it manually if you're moving 10,000 machines or something, or it's a different it's story a different right world. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah we've tested this up to a a pretty reasonable amount of like the like thousand machine kind of stuff and it's uh it's, it's been bad. running pretty good so it's not bad
The other thing the area has is Area Insights, which I guess is you know trying to bring some intelligence to what's going on with your workloads and try to understand how to best manage them or best uh, optimize them and stuff like Maybe that. Getting some AI ML buzzwords in there, yeah, right? Because you can't, you can't do yet. a product release without AI ML. It's coming, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, the other thing they talked a lot about was uh, Tanzu application program platform uh -huh. and Tanzu Kubernetes operations. Now, Tanzu application platform, as far as I can tell, is the developer Kubernetes experience. It doesn't contain mission control or, or Kubernetes grid or any of this stuff. It's just a, it's like a developer open source version of uh, Kubernetes, and yeah. you can run anywhere. You can run on, you know, Red Hat. You can run on just about anything you want, but it's bare minimum open source level functionality that uh, now is released by VMware and supported by VMware. So yeah. that you've got uh, you've got enterprise class support and stuff like that, which brings a brings a lot of uh, interest to the enterprise and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely to the enterprise. I mean, that's always one of the biggest issues with open source technologies, right? Is like like. In enterprise, who do you point the finger at when someone, something breaks, right? Right. And right. in DevOps style models, you know, I mean, typically the open source Kubernetes style developers are used to basically owning that full stack and having to support it, but it's not right. it's great for startups, bad right. for enterprise, right? Right, right, right. right. The other thing they talked about was Tanzu Kubernetes operations, which is, you know, it's got mission control, it's got everything you need to to run your Kubernetes uh, visibly and understand what's going on, stuff like that. So it's a, you know, it's an enterprise class again. It, it it packages up some of the tools that they've had, separate packages and stuff like that. Yeah, and, mission, and I haven't played with Mission Control much, but does that also allow you to do to control like the scaling level of the Kubernetes stuff? In I think there? it allows you to scale, but the other key is it allows you to run these Kubernetes clusters wherever you want. You know, yeah. so if you wanted to run them on Amazon, you can use Mission Control to fire them up. You want to run them on Azure, you want to run them and on. And it gives Google. you that single dashboard into into basically running a distributed. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice nice flexibility. They announced Mission Control a couple of years yeah. ago and stuff like that, but they've been obviously they've been adding more and more functionality. Yeah, I'm still I still I asked today I need a Tanzu uh, uh, clue you know, clue changer because they got like 15 different versions of Tanzu out yeah, there. They got yeah. Tanzu Corp, Kubernetes Grid, they got Mission Control, they got KAO, TAP, TAS. It goes on and on. You know? Yeah, well Tanzu I mean, Mesh. <laughs> One of the things overall, I mean, when you get a company that's been around as long as VMware has, right? Uh, it's tough. And you got a lot of acquisitions, so there's like... No shit. Excuse the French. <laughs> there's, But you've got all these different paths of, of uh, you know, like, here's this product and the marketing behind it, this product and marketing behind it, this product marketing behind it. And it looks like that what Ari is really meant to do is kind of bring everything bring, back. Try to start consolidating some of this stuff. I mean... Like, you look at, like, oh, and here's all the options of everything you can get, and you're like, I don't want to pick that crap out. Can I just pick out the, uh, you know, hey, g give me the premium package. Exactly, <laughs> you know, enterprise so level, it, and, you know, small, <laughs> medium, large, stuff like hopefully that. Hopefully this is a skew reduction practice. So. Right, uh, right, right. The other thing they announced and made a big splash on was the new Edge Compute level stack, too. So they've got, mm -hmm. you know, so vSphere... And VMware want to play in the edge. They've got like enterprise edge, they got network edge, and they got device edge. Device edge is a Raspberry Pi with two sensors on it, so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. going to be running too much vSphere. And the enterprise, okay, that's a robo kind of environment, yeah, so yeah. if you've got a small cluster of uh, systems there, you can control it from a central site, they play well in that space. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to get in this network edge. 
And uh, one of the one of the charts they showed today, I think it was Dish Dish's 5G network is running uh, uh, vSphere <laughs> Edge Compute Stack on every cell tower they run in the yeah. Cup today. So they have, they've got presence, you know, right. pop kind of thing, sitting out there on these cell towers all over the place. Yeah, and you look at some of the hardware vendors and some of the stuff that they've put out. I mean, we're we're sitting near the Lenovo booth right now, and I see some of the edge solutions they've got over there. Well, and, you know, it's a, it's pretty, you know, it's a like, nice little box, kind yeah. of almost like, you know, NEBS compliant and geared for, for rugged rugged deployment. So, yeah, yeah just yeah. get get a couple of zip ties and stick around <laughs> the cell tower, and you're going to be able to fly, you know, photovoltaic, yeah, yeah. and you're ready to rock and roll, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. That would be out in Texas, back backside of Texas. Yeah. Either that or oh, the I oil, know something about that. Oil yeah. rigs or something. Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't know about that. So that was about it from from VMware's announcements. I mean, obviously they got a lot more stuff going on. They got you know the whole you know a slew of different seminars that they're putting on and different training and stuff like that. I was talking to one gal and said that they had the like. Moscone West upper upper floors, all this hands-on lab stuff. They used to have hands-on lab would take a oh, yeah, take yeah. a core of the space. I said, "Where's the hands-on lab?" They took a whole floor of Moscone West, West yeah. to do it. And so it's you know it's still a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, There's a whole partner even, team. I haven't over even there. been over to Moscone West no, yet. I, mean, I was just like, I'm looking forward to going over. I thought it, it, I thought it, it was registration. It used to be over there. No, yeah, yeah. it's over down you know south and stuff like that. But. Uh, so the floor has been pretty good, actually. I, you, you've spent a lot of time in your booth and stuff like that? Yeah, I've spent, spent a lot of time in the booth. I've been having reasonable traffic. and then, But I've also spent a lot of time, you know, walking around. And uh, uh, like I said, one of the, it, it's a, like a family reunion, right? I don't think I've made it across the show floor without somebody yelling, like, hey, call your... <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, but, and it's been so much fun, like, reconnecting uh, with old friends. And, and then also... Being able to see a lot of the solutions, because it's, it's been a while since we've been in person, right? right. And seeing stuff up close and, and being able to, to look at it, feel it, touch it, see some of the server solutions, the storage solutions that are out there. I would and then, say there's a lot less hardware this time, yeah. this go around. I don't yeah. know if that's a COVID thing or it's yeah. just, you know, whatever. It's but Everybody got lazy and doesn't want to ship stuff well, anymore. You know, used to be the storage vendors sit there and have oh, yeah, like six or seven racks of storage, <laughs> yeah. you know, with small, medium, large and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's all whiteboards, you know, and that's a, yeah. a little mini whiteboard. Stuff. I, I enjoy going and checking out uh, really too like the smaller booths and the startups that this might be their first VM world and seeing you know what what it is that they've got and and you know where what that's going to do to help push data center in the next three to five years right yeah, there's some yeah. you know interesting companies in composable infrastructure that you know that we've talked to before right and right, right. Uh, see seeing some of those things is is always exciting I love seeing that. Uh, and what innovation is is still yet to come, and like kind of what's that bleeding edge stuff? This is always a good way to get exposure to that and, and get access to it. One of the things I love too is when you come here. I mean, like everybody sends their their A game, right? And try, this is yeah. I, I I I can pretty much guarantee if you know. Like me as somebody at AMD, and I want to go talk to a startup. I probably got like one of the C-level guys are, are in the booth, right? Right, right? And and you can have really dynamic and engaging conversations. And that's one of the things I just absolutely love about these live shows like VMworld is right. one, you know, the the customer contact is great, and customer contact, partner contact, you know, different different the OEM uh, company contacts uh, for us, but then also the startups and the fact that you can really just um, like you, you get that level of access 
but you don't get it to just like one company. You get it to like, <laughs> like, all, all, like, all show long, right? Like I mean, people, I've run into people all over the place yeah, yeah. here that, uh, you know, God, I was walking into a bar. I just wanted to buy a burger and go back to home, back, yeah. to, back to the hotel room. And then the whole Morpheus crew was there and they bought my dinner and yeah. then, then a VMware guys started coming along. So it was crazy. It's a good thing about being in the analyst space, right? <laughs> Everybody always wants to buy you dinner. I guess, I guess, I guess. That's interesting. So, so from my perspective, one lot of hardware on the floor. Obviously, the floor is a lot smaller than, than, than ever, you know, was right, before. It has been, you yeah. mentioned like the the new uh, the new new generation technologies and stuff like it. it used to be, it surround this thing, right? It'd yeah, be yeah, like yeah. three or four yeah, rows yeah. of that sort of level right. of functionality. There's really only a couple of There's the like emerging stuff. One and a half yeah, rows yeah. over on one side. So it, it's I I would say it's proportional to the size of the floor. Yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of storage vendors I would have expected to see here. They just aren't here. Right. Right? I, mean, I won't name them, but you know, yeah. obviously there are plenty of them here as well. But right. uh, you know, they're that they're just they just didn't think it was worthwhile at this point. I guess you know it's the first time they've actually had a big presence uh, after COVID and stuff yeah. like that. So I'm sure it's uh, a bit of a change. And we're here with uh, CTO advisors. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, at the World flying cloud, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they spent an arm and a leg putting this this rug in and bringing this RV down here and stuff like that. So it's it's uh, it's very yeah, nice. Big shout out like to that. Keith for, for yeah, this big shout out to Keith putting this together. I really appreciate it. I don't know. So what else do you think is this show? I mean, is this you know why Explore versus World was uh, quite a big discussion I... point with the execs <laughs> and stuff like that? They hemmed and hawed and said you know it's a new world and. We want we want you know a new branding kind of thing, but I think it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Some marketing guy decided it was yeah. time to change. I, well, I was just like, keep everybody on their I, I didn't look. Did they get a new CMO? Because the first thing any CMO wants to do is change branding. <laughs> I, I think they're going to get a new CMO recently. Uh-huh. I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not that's saying. the reason, but that could but, be the reason. You know, it's like VMworld was a great brand. And uh, it was a great brand, and like, and everybody. I still haven't really met anybody that's not called it VMworld. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's it, a bit. All the old timers like still call it VMworld. It's a bit tough to 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 change that sort of mentality and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. What else? What else do you want to talk about the show? Is there? Uh, is it? No, I, I, you know, overall, I think it was good. It was good. You know, it was good getting back. Is like I said, good getting back. Great seeing everyone. Good being like being in person. You just can't replace it, right? Right. No amount of Zoom calls in the world are ever going to make it good. Right. Uh, I, you know, I'm I'm still impressed that they when they were doing the virtual events. I don't know what the turnout for the virtual events were. I can tell you, I didn't turn out. Um, well, we did quite a few for Tech Field and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. We did that. It was okay. It wasn't the same. You know, it's just it, not the same, not right? Not the same. Especially Tech Field Day style of event where you're just like. Sitting in a U-shaped table, and you got you got your throwing stuff at the vendors. And yeah, stuff yeah, like that. You can't exactly. Do that you can't do that on Zoom. It doesn't have the same impact. Right, <laughs> Literally, that too. <laughs> Literally, doesn't have the same that impact. That too, that too. But it was it was okay. I mean, we we did what we had to do to get get through the process and stuff like that. But this is a new world. What do you think? Okay, the other big elephant in the room. Yep. Broadcom purchase of VMware and stuff like that. So there was a lot of discussion. Between the analyst community and the executives, uh-huh. what does this mean? How are you going to keep your edge? I and mean, what are the are you screwing the customers and that sort of stuff? I think they pretty much tried to put that to rest, but it's still a struggle to try to see what's going on there. 
It is, and I mean, I think there's still there's still a lot of question marks, right? And I, I can tell you officially, like, you know, with my workplace, my comment is no comment. Um, but I think there's still way. a lot. I think there's still a lot to, to just be. There's a lot of questions to be answered. You know, the surprising period. thing about VMware, it's been bought and sold like four or five oh, yeah. times in the last ten years. I mean, EMC, it's, Dell, yeah, yeah. and back again, and you know. And so it's, it's still, not like it's 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 immune to this sort of thing. Right. You know, and it, and it's held its own basically its own personality the entire time, right? So it it's there's a lot of questions still I think to be answered. Right. I mean, I talked to one exec. I said, you know, attrition was kind of a big, big issue here as we started started this discussion with uh, mm. Broadcom. Seems like the first day of Broadcom's uh, announcement, LinkedIn, you know, went went through the roof with re, with respect to uh, activity and stuff like that. Yeah. He said, you know, there's a lot of attrition in the industry, and I, I agree with that to some extent. Some of that's self-serving, but he said, in the end, you know. VMware's been through a lot over the course of the last couple Very of decades, true. and we're a fairly resilient company, and we'll we'll live through this, and we'll be better for it. You know, yeah. it's not like we're going 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 to go away. It's not like we're abandoning ship or anything like that. Yeah. We're here for the long haul. We got a hell of a, of a decent install base, and yeah. we're going to make make that as best as we possibly can. Yeah, yeah so fantastic they, they install are, base. They're pushing it as far as they can. Yep. Well, Jason, this has been great. Anything else you'd like to say to our listening audience before we no, close? No, I'd just say, well, thanks for joining us is what I'd yeah. say. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a good show. Great to see everybody. Great to do one of these, like, live and in person. Yeah, finally, <laughs> finally. I want to thank Keith and the CTO Advisor Q for, yes. for putting us up and uh, giving us this uh, ability to do this sort of thing. Yep. And I think that's it. Well, this has been great. Thanks, yep. everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Yep.